0: For those of us who know Jesus, by His grace, we've discovered the way of cleansing, we've discovered the way of access, we we have the truth, we have the gospel of salvation, we have the living word of God, and so here is our challenge now. Our challenge is not to waver, not to move, not to give way, not to let go, not to give up.
1: Welcome to Encounter the Truth with Jonathan Griffiths. Today we're beginning a message called Holding Fast Our Confidence, and Jonathan, I think you've identified a struggle that many of us do face, and that is to hold on faithfully to the gospel. How how do we uh, hold to the gospel and not let go?
0: Well, that's a great question, and it's a it's a big question, a real question for every Christian. It's a it's an experiential question that we face at different seasons in our Christian life. For those who know Jesus, you know, we we face difficulty and discouragement and challenge, and we think, how am I going to keep going? And of course, the bigger picture answer that the Bible gives us is that for those who know Jesus and trust him, God, God holds on to us. We feel as though we're doing all the holding on but the wonderful truth is that the Lord the Lord's hand is stronger and his grip is is greater as he holds us up. But but nonetheless, there is this call in scripture to do what we can in earnestness and faith and diligence to to hold on, uh to keep looking to the savior. And there are, there are different mechanisms in place that the scriptures give us for doing that and and we're going to consider some of those in the program today.
1: We are, we're going to be in the book of Hebrews, so if you can, I hope you will grab a Bible and join us there in uh, chapter 10 as we look at verses 19 to 39. Let's begin our message, Holding Fast Our Confidence. Here is Jonathan.
0: Well, I don't need to tell you that we are living in uncertain and unstable times. This has been a remarkable week on the world stage coronavirus has led to deep concern and extreme measures in many places as we know panic buying of basic supplies school closures travel restrictions wild swings in the stock market central banks cutting interest rates i saw that the wall street journal is reporting that airlines are likely to be more affected by this crisis than they were by 9 11 as of last night 16 million people are on lockdown in northern Italy, and I guess we're only yet seeing the beginning. It is an unsettling and a concerning situation, no doubt. But actually, as we observe all this and seek to live through all this, it is very interesting to see how our sense of security and safety and health, how our sense of those things is really only ever an inch deep. Even in stable countries and wealthy countries like ours, we're being reminded how very vulnerable we are. You see, we're fragile creatures, and our world is a fundamentally uncertain place. We wouldn't choose these circumstances, but there is something wholesome that comes from being confronted with these very basic realities. There's something salutary that comes from being forced to ask, in an uncertain world where is certainty to be found? In an unstable world, of what may I be confident? At the heart of Hebrews, at the heart of our passage this morning, is the deep assurance that Jesus Christ gives us confidence. Confidence not of our immediate physical health, confidence not of political or financial stability, confidence not in the things of this world, but confidence in our standing before God. Confidence in our standing before God, the judge of all people, if we belong to Jesus Christ. Notice how the writer begins this section, verse 19, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. The people of Jesus Christ are uniquely a people of confidence, and we are such through the gospel and by the grace of God. We're people who have confidence that the price of our sin has been paid before God the Judge. That's what we thought about last week in this first half of chapter 10. We have confidence that the sacrifice of Jesus given at the cross deals fully and finally, completely and totally with our sin and cleanses us of all guilt before God our Maker. We have confidence that Jesus came to do the will of God and because Jesus came to do the will of God and did that will perfectly, He sat down at the right hand of God in heaven demonstrating that His work at the cross was finished and complete. And if we know these things, and we understand these things, and we believe these things, we are a people who have confidence and security in a very unstable world. Having that confidence as the people belonging to Jesus Christ, Hebrews now turns to tell us what to do with that confidence, how to respond to what we've been given, and how to live it out. Our passage really breaks down into three main sections. It begins with an exhortation, followed by a warning, and then a reminder. We're going to spend the bulk of our time today looking at the block of exhortation at the beginning. And then we're going to touch a little more lightly on the warning and the reminder that follow toward the end. This great exhortation, which is perhaps the central exhortation of the whole letter, it consists of three specific instructions, three concrete actions. The first of which is this, draw near. Draw near with full assurance. One of the costs of this virus for our society at the moment is the cost of reduced social contact. I think the buzz phrase is social distancing. Even here at the church, as has been mentioned already, we're taking the basic step of minimizing handshaking. There have been some notable shifts actually in this area in in, in recent days on the world stage. The queen was Pictured the other day handing out honors wearing white gloves. That's a break from tradition. She doesn't do that. She's never done that. German Chancellor Angela uh, Merkel was pictured extending her hand to greet a fellow German politician who, uh, when she did that, waved his hand at a, as a refusal to accept her greeting. No way, not today, not under these circumstances. No, thank you very much. An awkward moment, if ever there was one. And there are now, of course, these alternative suggestions for ways for us to greet one another, the elbow bump perhaps being the global favorite at the moment. But there is a distancing, isn't there? And we hope it's only for a time. This concept of social distancing, though, it's nothing new. It goes right back to chapter 3 of the book of Genesis. Ever since sin came into the world, human beings have experienced a profound distancing from the God who made us. We've been barred from His presence. Sin is a defilement of heart, and the Bible makes it clear to us that God is totally and entirely pure. And the danger, of course, is not that we defiled human beings would somehow contaminate God by coming into His presence. No, that's, that's never going to happen. God never changes. The danger is that if a defiled and guilty human being comes into the presence of God, were to approach God's presence, that human being would be destroyed and consumed by the sheer radiance of the purity and the holiness of God Himself. Legend has it that when the high priest used to enter the Holy of Holies in the temple when making the offering for the Day of Atonement, legend has it that the priest would go in with a rope tied around his leg so that his body could be retrieved if he were struck down by this holy God of radiant purity. You may remember that when the prophet Isaiah is given a vision of the Lord on his throne high and exalted with the seraphim all about, crying out, holy, 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 when the prophet sees that in his vision, his immediate reaction is to cry out, woe is me, for I am undone, I am lost, I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the king. The Lord of hosts. How can I, as a sinful and defiled human being, walk into the presence of such a God?" So interesting, isn't it, that the Gospels tell us that when Jesus died on the cross, at the moment that He gave up His life, the great curtain of the temple was simultaneously torn in two parts, from top to bottom, demonstrating vividly that the breaking of the body of Jesus Christ opened the way for us to enter in to the presence of God Himself. Not only that, verse 21, we have a great high priest, not like the priests of old who had to deal with their own sin, who who served for a time, and then, of course, died. We have a great priest who finished the work perfectly and then sat down. And because of all of this, verse 22, we have confidence to draw near to the very presence of God. His presence was closed to us at the fall when Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden, when the cherubim with flaming swords were set in place to guard the way to God's presence. But now the door is open. Now the way is clear. Now the invitation is real. Draw near in full assurance.
1: You're listening to Encounter the Truth with Jonathan Griffiths and our message called Holding Fast Our Confidence. It's part of a larger series from the book of Hebrews we're calling So Great a Salvation. Glad you've tuned in today. Hope you will stay with us and we'll get back to this message from Jonathan in just a few moments. By the way, if you ever miss a broadcast, you can always come to our website and you can listen online. Just come to EncounterTheTruth.org. That is EncounterTheTruth.org. You know, if you tune in to this broadcast in part so you get to know Jesus better, we're so glad that you're here, but we want to help you in that. So we'd love to send you a book written by J.C. Ryle that really helps you take a deep dive into the Gospels pages to know Jesus better. This book is called Daily Readings from All Four Gospels, and it is just some great commentary work from J.C. Ryle Uh, Two devotional presentations that you can read each day. So a total of 732 devos in this book that will take you into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John's accounts of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And this book is our gift to you as a way of saying thanks for your support. You can give online when you come to EncounterTheTruth.org or when you call us at 833-99-TRUTH. That's 833-998-7884. Or again, the website is EncounterTheTruth.org. Let's get back to the message. Again, here's Jonathan.
0: If we belong to Jesus Christ, our hearts are no longer defiled. They are, verse 22, sprinkled clean. Our bodies are washed. Stories are emerging all over the world of people facing quarantine and isolation, being kept away from those they love, being kept from their homes, being kept from their own countries, facing loneliness and real challenges as a result of that. Isolation from friends and family is terrible. Social distancing from one another is hard. But beyond all that, there is something deep within us that longs and needs to be in touch with our Maker, to know Him, to be near Him, to have access to Him. He is the source of all life and goodness, and we flourish in His presence. Apart from Him, we die. There will be some here, I guess, today who have never known what it is to come into the presence of God, to be in real relationship with Him. I I don't know. Maybe that's actually why you're here even this morning. You would love to be in right relationship with God. You'd love to be accepted by Him. You'd love to be welcomed into His presence. The longing is there in your heart, and maybe you sense that God's actually placed that longing in your heart. Well, if that's you, and I don't know, but if it is, if that's where you are today, the offer of Jesus, the offer of the gospel is simply this, it is to be cleansed, it is to be made fit for God's presence, it is to be welcomed into His presence, and to enjoy that presence not only in this life, but in the life to come. And so the question for you this morning is simply this. Would you turn from sin in that true heart that verse 21 speaks of, with that sincerity, with that spirit of repentance, and would you put your faith in Him? If you will, if you respond to that offer of the gospel, the promise for you is that He will welcome you and He will accept you. But for us who know Jesus and His cleansing, His forgiveness, here's our invitation the open invitation from the Lord Himself, it's simply this, come near, come near. In times of fear, draw near to God, and He will welcome and protect and help you. In times of weakness, draw near, and He's going to be your strength, and He's going to help you. In times of grief, draw near and and he will comfort you. In times of sin and failure and shame, in times when you feel that the gates of heaven are maybe closed to you because of how you've behaved, that you've lost your privilege of access, here is the call, here is the invitation, here is the exhortation come near. Perhaps you're someone who's drifted away from the Lord. That's your reality. You turned to the Lord before. Now you're you're a Christian, oh yes, but you've spent some time wandering, overtly, secretly, whatever. You've been wandering. You've been at a distance. You've been living in ways that, that aren't godly. You haven't opened God's Word in private for as long as you can remember. You've been too ashamed or too hard of heart to pray. Here's the invitation for you with a true heart and that may mean some real repentance for that heart to be true but with a true heart and full assurance of faith drawn near i think that little song that we learned today is is wonderful actually it's very simple it's designed for kids as well as adults to be able to sing it our kids love it they know the words pretty well but in its simplicity it sums up so well the heart of this invitation Jesus said that if I thirst, I should come to Him. No one else can satisfy. I should come to Him. Jesus said, if I am weak, I should come to Him. No one else can be my strength. I should come to Him. Jesus said that if I fear, I should come to Him. No one else can be my shield. I should come to Him. Jesus said, if I am lost... He will come to me, and he showed me on that cross. He will come to me. For the Lord is good and faithful. He will keep us day and night. We can always run to Jesus, Jesus strong and kind. Draw near. That's the first instruction. Here's the next one. Hold fast, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for He who promised is faithful. For those of us who know Jesus by His grace, we've discovered the way of cleansing. We've discovered the way of access. We, we have the truth. We have the gospel of salvation. We have the living Word of God. And so here is our challenge now. Our challenge is not to waver, not to move, not to give way, not to let go, not to give up. I was quite amused to read a review that popped up online. It was pointed out to me the other day. Uh, It began by saying, I'll read this, Friendly folk, modern building, seats are comfy. Are you enjoying your seats? Seats are comfy. Everything is spotless and clean. Full mark so far, I thought that was good. Then it went on to say that we feature, I quote, Largely fictional Bronze Age stories sermons tend to be verbose and soporific i was trying to think who might have been preaching on that sunday when this person came (laughs) you're laughing slightly too much (laughs) cognitive dissonance level is high and critical thinkers should probably stay away i thought that was actually quite nicely written a part of me quite enjoyed reading it but it is how the world thinks of us isn't it fictional stories leave your brain at the door and we could be discouraged we could be destabilized when we hear once again what others think of god's word and of our simple childlike trust in jesus but notice the reason the concrete reason why we need to hold fast our confession verse 23 For he who promised is faithful. You see, God has shown himself faithful. He has demonstrated and proved his faithfulness. He's faithful to his promises in time and space and history. He is faithful in historically verifiable ways. He has spoken his promises through the prophets and he's always kept those promises. He's promised both judgment and salvation for His people in concrete ways at specific times in history. And as we go through the Old Testament, we discover that those acts of judgment and those acts of salvation have always arrived bang on time. He promised a Savior, a Messiah for His people. And and the Messiah came and He did what the Old Testament said He would do. And if you and I know the Lord Jesus personally, we, of course, have tasted and seen His goodness for ourselves. We know that God is a God of faithfulness, a God who keeps His promises. For the Lord is good and faithful. He will keep us day and night. You see, we've lived that. We've seen it. We've experienced it personally. And so knowing this God of faithfulness, the call for us is to trust in Him and to keep going day by day by day by day. The call is to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. One of our children was telling me the story this week of the chorus, I I have decided to follow Jesus. You remember that one? It's a simple little thing. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. I've I've heard the story before, I'm sure, and maybe you have too. There're somewhat differing accounts, but the story is normally reported in this way more or less. In the mid 19th century, some Baptist missionaries reached a village in i think northeast india where the gospel wasn't known a, a hindu area a man and his wife they hear the good news and they're convicted by it they put their trust in jesus christ the village leadership hear about this and they call the man and his wife and and their two children out and they demand that he renounce his faith in this god of whom they had not heard and this man, he said, he said no, I, I'm, I'm not going to be doing that. I, I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. And so the order is given, and his two sons are shot with arrows and killed. And then the demand again, renounce this name. And the same answer, though no one join me, still I will follow. No turning back. No, no turning back. And, and so the order is given now and his wife is killed and the same demand and the same answer, the world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, no, no turning back. And then he himself is killed. As the story is told, the village then gets sort of interested in what this man was on about and the spirit, spiritual and supernatural power that seemed to be behind him, they, they find out. And the village chief is converted and and the village then turns to Christ en masse. And by the time the missionaries return, by the time missionaries return to that village, there's a revival that's broken out. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful.
1: You're listening to Encounter the Truth with Jonathan Griffiths and the first part of a message called Holding Fast Our Confidence. We're going to continue this message next time, so I hope you make it a point to tune in. If you know you can't be by the radio, you don't have to miss Jonathan's teaching. Listen online at EncounterTheTruth.org. You know, we're a listener-supported ministry and really depend on your generosity to keep this program on the station each day. And as you give a gift this month, we want to say thank you by sending you a book from J.C. Ryle it's called daily readings from all four gospels and jonathan sometimes we may struggle to spend time daily with the lord to spend time in his word is is this the kind of book that might help with that
0: I think this is a great help to anyone who's wanting to make a start in daily Bible reading or who is wanting some refreshment in their daily Bible reading. And, and we all need that help, whatever stage we're at in the Christian life. And J.C. Ryle has wonderful, fresh— timeless insights into the Gospels, and this book is broken into bite-sized daily morning and evening portions, which I think will be a tremendous help to anyone, whether you're just starting out on Bible reading or whether you are looking for something new after many decades of reading the Word of God each day. I think you'll find this to be a real help.
1: Well, we'd love to send you a copy of this book from J.C. Ryle, Daily Readings from All Four Gospels. Again, it's our thank you as you give a gift of any amount and support Encounter the Truth this month. You can give online at EncounterTheTruth.org or when you call us at 833-99-TRUTH. That's 833-998-7884. Or again, the website EncounterTheTruth.org. Well, thanks for listening today, and I hope you'll join us next time.